It's like a return sorting facility. You know, now part of that process is like, you know, sorting various retail items, one of which, you know, undergarments, undergarments, you know, jockeys, jock straps, ladies, pantaloons, lederhosen, brassiers, thongs, you know, booty shorts, the whole kit and caboodle, folks, you know, the skimpies. Right. So, you know, and there's actually quite a disturbing process. They call it the sniff test. So in the returns department, there's like a whole department dedicated to the sniff test. So, you know, they get like these items back and they give it a quick sniff, quick whiff, give it a quick whiff, quick sniff. If it passes the sniff test, then it is passed along to my department that's where I come in. Then I'm like sorting the lederhosen, the jockeys, the jock straps, the panties, the pantaloons, the brassiers, the whole kit and caboodle. I'm on my hands and knees. I'm sorting it out, right? And, you know, as I said, this is the National Return Warehouse, something that I don't take lightly, folks, you know? Something I don't take lightly at all. So I'm on my hands and knees. I'm sorting through the skimpies, you know, once it passed the sniff test. That's where I come in. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorting it out and stuff, right? Then I hear a page over the intercom. <coughs> Jonathan, to dock 112, please. Jonathan, to dock 112, please. <laughs> what, what the hell? You know, I, I throw down the panties. I throw down the pantaloons, the jockeys, the jock straps off for crying out loud. You know, I was just in one of my moods, right? I walk over to Dock 112, right? Go over to Dock 112. There's this bozo standing there, right? Hello, sir. What can I do for you today, sir? Well, you're looking at it, pal. He goes, I don't think I understand. Well, you're the one who paged me, ain't you? What? Well, you paged me, didn't you? He goes, wait a minute. You're Jonathan? You're Jonathan? Well, who the hell did you think I was? Oh, well, we have another Jonathan. You're Jonathan. And then there's another Jonathan. Well, hold on a minute, all right? Wait a minute there, Gretel. Hansel speaking. Listen to me. How does he spell it? He goes, what? What? Is it J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N? Or is it J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N? If that's how you spell it. My own name. He goes, what? Jonathan with an N or Jonathan with an H? Because I spell mine with an H. Different pronunciation. Gives it a little bit of that Jonathan. It's pronounced Jonathan. He goes, what? Say it with me. Is it J-O-H-N or J-O-N? Jonathan or Jonathan? He goes, Jonathan? Jonathan. Yeah, close enough. I turn to walk off. He goes, Wait a minute. Oh my God. Are you Jonathan Ramturan of Jonathan Ramturan, the podcast? J.R. the P? I was like, what? I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Do me a favor, pal. Would you keep that under your hat? Would you keep it under your hat or whatever the hell you call that thing on your head? Fucking diaper. Keep it under your diaper, would you? You know, if I go around saying hi to everybody, I'm going to have to start signing autographs next thing you know. I won't ever get any of this sorting done, you know. Like I said, I was in the middle of sorting the panties, the jock straps, the pantaloons, the lederhosen. If I go around signing podcast autographs for JR the P, I'm not going to get a damn thing done. So do me a favor, buddy. Just keep that under your hat for me, will you? Oh my God, it's Jonathan Ramtron at the podcast. He's fucking telling everybody. So next thing you know, I'm on my coffee break and my hands are killing me. 
You know, I'm signing autograph upon autograph. I'm like, what the hell, you know? That actually happened. That actually happened. You want me? I want you, baby. My sugar boo. I'm levitating. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want you all night. Sunlight. I want you not a starlight. You want me? I want you, baby. My sugar boo. I'm levitating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's happening? Ombres. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent April 14th in the year of our Lord 2021. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Charlie Chicken, would you knock it off, you little knucklehead? Charlie! I can't take this chicken with me anywhere, folks. You know? First thing in the morning, folks, we're like... It's like 4.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, April 14th, 2021. Charlie Chicken over here squawking up a blue streak. Trying to wake up the whole darn neighborhood. Where were you raised? In a barn? Were you born in a barn? I can't take this chicken with me anywhere, folks. Sorry about that. I think he's sorry. Well, say hi to Charlie Chicken, everyone. Hi, everybody. I'm Charlie Chicken. How you doing? Good to see you. You know? All right, buddy. Well, off you go. Well, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtree on the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer, shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever, you know, guilt trip, you know, we fits, we sweat, you know, when we're under them lights, boy, gets hot, you know, oh, yes. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And if you're enjoying the show, as always, you know, you're getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles. If you're digging the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know, it truly is. Yeah. What's going on in my world and the world in general? April 14th, 2021. I live in the province of Ontario, Canada. In the beautiful city, Toronto. The 6th. The 6th? The 6th? The si- is it the 6th or the 6th? Oh, hell, I don't know. I live in Taranta, Canada. Well, we're in the midst of a province-wide lockdown. Province-wide lockdown due to the (coughs) (coughs) coronavirus. Bunch of mumbo-jumbo hogwash. What they're really doing is like, Riding the last wave of arbitrary, inflated, egotistical power and control left over from the presidential election of 2020 in the United States of America, you know? Okay, we're going to be the healthiest nation, the greatest nation, okay? Drink bleach, get plenty of sunshine. You're going to be fine, okay? How's my hair? What y'all need to do is vote, you super predator. What y'all super predators need to do is vote, okay? My son is not a cokehead, you know? Three million dollars from the mayor of Moscow? 
Ukraine, whatever, who knows, money from Ukraine for running an energy commission company, don't need to know anything, don't need to do anything, that's normal, most people do that, my son is not a cokehead, what you super predators need to do is just shut up and vote, for your life, <laughs> so what like we're seeing now, in my estimation, is like the fallout of the political game that was played and used in conjunction with COVID-19 in the United States of America. You know, United States of America, world leader. They're in some sort of Cold War style thing with China. A lot of moving gears and mechanisms in play that the average Joe Blow doorknob, like myself, how the hell am I supposed to know what the hell's going on? You know what I mean? I don't even really know how to use TurboTax. Like, how many times have you filed your taxes online and every year you go to do it and you're like, how the how fuck do you do this again? What? You know, you're like going over PDFs looking for your fucking tax receipts. Like, how do you do this? What? <laughs> how am I supposed to know about a global COVID-19 conspiracy? Was it, con was it invented in a Wuhan laboratory? Was it a Pantalonian? You know, them little aardvark armadillo-looking dildos, you know, a pantalonian? Was it a pantalonian? Was it a bat? Was it these grubby fucking fishmongers in the fucking wet markets of Wuhan? What the bumbleclot fuck's going on? I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. You know, the global leaders, the global players, the movers and shakers, you know, the puppeteers, they're having a field day. Cashing in on, cashing in on the last... Um, bit of sensationalism due to <coughs> COVID-19. Bunch of hogwash, bunch of mumbo-jumbo, as far as I'm concerned. So right now in the province of Ontario, we're in a lockdown, um, a month-long lockdown. It seems sort of drummed up and arbitrary. I mean, from what I've heard on the news... Basically, no new information. Um, it affects the elderly, the poor at health, and the overly obese, unfortunately. And even then, you shouldn't keep that in your mind. You're only as healthy as you feel. What's wrong with getting old? God bless us all. Hopefully, we all get old someday. Don't keep that in your mind. I'm old. Oh, I'm at danger. You're only as healthy as you feel. So... The statistics are the statistics are the statistics. Hoop them up your bumbaclot. All they do is just serve a purpose of egotism and self-importantness in an expert outlook. Bunch of bullshit. It's your life. It's your health. Think positive. Eat well. Be healthy. Don't just take the expert advice of some idiot who doesn't even know you. Some babbling pundit on a television program. Some dildo in the halls of academia. Some moron in a fucking business suit shuffling around down at the local courthouse, pushing pencils, doing diddly squat. These ignoramuses don't know a damn thing. You don't have to listen to them, right? I've been hearing about these variants, new strains, extra strains, extra strength strains. But yet, and somebody raised a very good point. This is something I heard on a radio program. Somebody was talking. Okay, we want to enforce all these lockdowns. But what are we going for? What's the end result? Is it to curb, curb deaths or to prevent contraction? Because of all these new alleged cases, something like four-tenths of a percent, not even one percent, they're talking four-tenths of a percent, less than one percent of these new cases die. There's a mortality rate of like four-tenths of a percent. And sure, perhaps people are getting infected, but then again, it's the same information. 
80% of people recover without any particular special attention. It affects, you know, the poor at health, the aged, the overly obese, and again, a lot of that state of mind. Stand up, take charge of your health. Don't lay around like a wet blanket and be afraid of every little damn thing that crosses your path. You're going to be fine. You know, get a backbone. Right? You're only as healthy as you feel, folks. To a certain extent. You know? So, with all these numbers and arbitrary statistics, hard to make tops or tails of the bloody thing, to be honest. Right? So, this current lockdown... It really seems like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. I mean, if you go out and about, and I live in downtown Toronto, um, I wear my mask where I'm required. I don't wear a mask where I'm free to be. You know, when I'm walking down the street, when I'm social distancing, I don't wear a mask. Come on, it's over, it's been over a year, folks. It's been over a year. And what, you, and what we're seeing right now is a lot of um, fear shaming. You know? If you don't live in fear, we're going to shame you. Some fucking bozo comes up to me. Well, bubbly blue to bubbly blue. How about that lockdown? COVID-19. Ugh. I'm like, yeah, how about it? You know? What's sensationalism? Even though it's been like a year of the same back and forth bullshit. Basically, what we're seeing in this lockdown and these alleged spikes in numbers, people are, people are being gaslit. People are being told to be afraid. So I'm not going to call them stupid for it. I mean, but it's like a intended aggravation, intended aggravation and gaslighting that media and government are unloading on the public and if they're afraid for their health, no fucking wonder. So people are like worked up and anxious and, you know, a lot of people in life aren't stepping up to their challenges. So it's also convenient for the people who want to fail, for the people who want to be in fear. What a convenient uh, opportunity. COVID-19 fucked my life up. Uh, what an opportunity. So they jump on it. You know, they ride that dick, you know? So that COVID dick, <laughs> that fucking pantalonian wet, that wet market pantalonian bat dick, you know, they've been riding that fucking wet market cock. So it's like an opportunity for the those who want to live in fear. I didn't quite say all that, <laughs> minus the pantalonian cock. I didn't really say all that. To this dude, I just said basically, hey, you know, people are being told to be afraid, so they're afraid. I mean, that's got to be a big part of what we're seeing in these alleged spikes and this, you know, over limit, excessive limit on the healthcare system, like this uh, burden. Or this influx on the healthcare system. It's due to a lot of fear and pandemonium and paranoia. I mean, it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's probably nothing at all. I mean, you tell people to be afraid for their life. And then you're surprised that people are afraid for their life. Like, come on. And this guy's like, well, you know what? It's best to err on the side of caution. I think you're erring on the side of retardation, you fucking airhead. What do you mean err on the side of caution? It's been the same fucking story for the last year, dummy. I mean, come on, COVID-19. Have you heard of it? It's been the same horse shit for the last year and a half. Year. Err on the side of caution? I think you're erring on the side of retardation, you airhead. Right? This wet blanket, this wet market wet blanket, that's what he told me. Well, it's best to err on the side of caution. You know, I got into some conversation with some idiot and that's what he said to me. Best to err on the side of caution. I was like, okay, yeah, well, whatever. 
And then he, then he goes like this, take care. And I'm like, you too, sir. He goes, thanks. <laughs> Storms off. Don't wet your panty liner over this, folks. There ain't nothing going on. Don't wet your jockeys over this, folks. Adjust that jock strap. Ain't nothing going on here. All right? And again, as a disclaimer, you're only as healthy as you feel. This is your health. You know? Consult your doctor. Consult an expert if you must. But it's your health. It's your health. I suggest you take charge of it. At least that's what I'm doing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, what else do we got here? Yeah. So in this time of pandemic and lockdown, a lot of people are stepping up in their careers in business. And this has definitely been an opportunity for me as well. Um, if you're new to the program, I have recently stepped into the shoes of running my own production company, Noi Productions. Noi Productions. And, you know, my intent, my goal is to create more content, branch off into like, you know, documentaries, um, heightened, more intricate content, film, interview, thing like that, right? Things like that. Noi Productions. Not of it productions. Yeah. So in order to do that, you know, I got to put some money into the pot, you know, um, I work a day gig. I recently got a new job as a warehouse worker, shipping, receiving, and an essential worker during this time. And this is the type of work I've done before. And, you know, it gives me an income. I pay my bills, I put it into my own business and my own goals, Noi Productions. And um, I'm looking at it and yeah, I do have to be grateful. I mean, a part of me understands some of the basic law of the land, which is like, if you don't work, you don't eat. So, yeah, I am grateful and blessed to have a job, but by the same token, it's almost like common sense. I mean, I don't understand a person who would just accept not to work. You don't work, you don't eat. So, yeah, it's a blessing that I got the job and that I work, but, I mean, it's also kind of like common sense. Ain't it? Anyway, doing it. And, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of similar situations that I've encountered as a performer. You know, I am an actor, stand-up comedian. That is my long-term goal. Production company, Noi Productions, that's my long-term goal. You know, I grind at that. I keep that very um, alive. Though in this factory warehousing, well, warehousing, shipping, receiving, warehousing, shipping, receiving role, I'm coming across a lot of similar situation. Same people, different faces. Different in faces and names, same person, right? Similar situations. And one thing I learned is, you know, there is great opportunity for a person with a level head. If you got a level head, especially in this time of pandemic, but just in just in a general business sense, a level head like I can't believe how many situations like I'm hired like basically in my role right now as shipper receiver, 
and warehouse worker, there are various tasks that I need to do. But to be honest, it's not quite a labor position. I was under the impression that it was like a labor position. I'd be shipping packages, receiving packages, organizing the warehouse. I'm starting to see that, oh, at least in this position. And I think it's relatable to all essential um you know entry level position you know kind of like a um like a uh entry level essential position a lot of them it's not quite the labor you're being paid for it's the the dealing with personalities and problems aka bullshit you're just dealing with personalities and problems that's the challenging part of the position it's nothing but people's personalities and problems and it's quite unbelievable really because one of the blessings for me is as i go forward as an as a podcaster, as a stand-up comic, as an actor, as a production company uh, producer, so to speak, as I go forward in these roles, I'm starting to realize that people's personalities and BS, you if you if if you have to deal with it in one area, you're going to find it in the other area. It's like a human condition. It's like inescapable. You know? Um, it's not quite the job that's challenging. It's the personalities that accompany the situation. You're on stage as a stand-up comic. It's fun writing jokes. It's great to get up there and spit a set. It's great to be an actor and dive into text and create an emotional inner life and interact with your scene partners. It's amazing doing a podcast, bitching and bellyaching and babbling on the internet. Production company, wow, let's go make something, create something, right? What an opportunity. It's all gravy. Where's the problem? Where's the headache? Ego, arrogance, personality. <laughs> you know? You know how to spot a wet blanket? Let me tell y'all how to spot a wet blanket. A bedwetter. You know? That, like, personality. That, like... Detestable personality that is like difficult and unappealing in any, any job setting. And that's why I stress the importance of this. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I mean, let's say you're busting your ass at a construction site to put yourself through school to become a dentist. What makes you think that just because you're busting your ass as a laborer on a construction site, you're taking shit from the superintendent, the soup, you know, you're taking shit from all the other trades, the drywallers are always bitching at you to sweep up the drywall dust, you know, the electricians are always accusing you of moving their job box. So why are you always moving the job box? I didn't touch the fucking job box, all right? Why don't you fucking jabberwocky the jab the fuck off, buddy, you know? They're always bitching at you about this or that, you know? The carpenters are always cutting up wood, making dust everywhere. You're sweeping shit up, you know? You're going out of your mind. You can't wait till the day that you get off that fucking job site and walk into the halls of academia, strut across the stage, take your diploma as a dentist. I'm a certified dentist. No more 
bullshit in my life. No more down talk and double talk. I'm a dentist. Well, I hate to pull your baby teeth on this one, folks, but um, wrong. There's the Dental Association. You ever brush your teeth and you notice on the box of like Colgate or like on the bottle of Listerine, there's the Dental Association of America. You're going to be dealing with the Dental Association. You're going to be dealing with all the rigmarole of operating your own business as a dentistry dental dentition. All the little subsidiary, little side people and situations that you didn't know you had to deal with. It's inescapable. It's inescapable that that human neediness and problematic characters, it's inescapable. So that's why it's important to emphasize that we have to learn how to deal with this, at least for myself. I know for myself. That's what my experience has shown me. That's the challenging part of all the work. It's dealing with people, right? And, um, you know, I had a couple interesting situations this week for sure, you know? Like, um, there I am. uh, (laughs) Like, as I mentioned, it's like a warehouse, a retail warehouse. There's shipping and receiving, And there's also returns. So like for this retailer, the warehouse that I work at, it's the national warehouse for returns. All the retail returns nationwide get funneled to our warehouse where they are sorted and either put back into the retail stores or sold to um, various vendors or even to the employees, right? It's like a return sorting facility, you know? Now, part of that process is like, you know, sorting various retail items, one of which, you know, undergarments, undergarments, you know, jockeys, jock straps, ladies, pantaloons, lederhosen, brassiers, thongs, you know, booty shorts, the whole kit and caboodle, folks, you know, the skimpies, right? So, you know, and there's actually quite a disturbing process. They call it the sniff test. So in the returns department, there's like a whole department dedicated to the sniff test so you know they get like these items back and they give it a quick sniff quick whiff give it a quick whiff quick sniff if it passes the sniff test then it is passed along to my department that's where i come in then i'm like sorting the lederhosen the jockeys the jock straps the panties the pantaloons the braziers, the whole kit and caboodle. I'm on my hands and knees. I'm sorting it out, right? And, you know, as I said, this is the National Return Warehouse. Something that I don't take lightly, folks. You know? Something I don't take lightly at all. So I'm on my hands and knees. I'm sorting through the skimpies. You know, once it passed the sniff test, that's where I come in. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorting it out and stuff, right? Then I hear a page over the intercom. <laughs> Jonathan, to dock 112, please. Jonathan, to dock 112, please. What, what the hell? You know, I, I throw down the panties. I throw down the pantaloons, the jockeys, the jock straps off for crying out loud. You know, I was just in one of my moods, right? I walk over to dock 112, right? Go over to dock 112. There's this bozo standing there, right? Hello, sir. What can I do for you today, sir? Well, you're looking at it, pal. He goes, I don't think I understand. We're the one who paged me, ain't you? What? 
Well, you paged me, didn't you? He goes, wait a minute. You're Jonathan? You're Jonathan? Well, who the hell did you think I was? Oh, well, we have another Jonathan. You're Jonathan. And then there's another Jonathan. Well, hold on a minute, all right? Wait a minute there, Gretel. Hansel speaking. Listen to me. How does he spell it? He goes, what? What? Is it J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N? Or is it J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N? If that's how you spell it. My own name. He goes, what? Jonathan with an N or Jonathan with an H? Because I spell mine with an H. Different pronunciation. Gives it a little bit of that Jonathan. It's pronounced Jonathan. He goes, what? Say it with me. Is it J-O-H-N or J-O-N? Jonathan or Jonathan? He goes, Jonathan? Jonathan? Yeah, close enough. I turn to walk off. He goes, wait a minute. Oh my God. Are you Jonathan Ramturan of Jonathan Ramturan, the podcast? J.R. the P? I was like, what? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Do me a favor, pal. Would you keep that under your hat? Would you keep it under your hat or whatever the hell you call that thing on your head? Fucking diaper. Keep it under your diaper, would you? You know, if I go around saying hi to everybody, I'm going to have to start signing autographs next thing you know. I won't ever get any of this sorting done, you know. Like I said, I was in the middle of sorting the panties, the jock straps, the pantaloons, the lederhosen. If I go around signing podcast autographs for JR the P, I'm not going to get a damn thing done. So do me a favor, buddy. Just keep that under your hat for me, will you? Oh, my God. It's Johnny the Rhyme Turner at the podcast. He's fucking telling everybody. So next thing you know, I'm on my coffee break and my hands are killing me. You know, I'm signing autograph upon autograph. I'm like, what the hell, you know? That actually happened. That actually happened. (laughs) So, like, I'm dealing with, like, personalities. That's my point. And what that's showing me is that, you know, I'm actually quite a prideful man. Sadly to say. Something that I thought, or at least hoped that I was further along from. And I think that's important to recognize across industry in any business. I'll give you my definition of it. Because pridefulness, in my definition, as a negative Ego and arrogance, you know, one's own outlook on oneself, the ego, one's own perception of the self, the ego, that's very commanding and needy in a sense, right? In a negative sense, if someone's considered egotistical, they're usually very pompous, arrogant, commanding, needy, needy for attention, needy for affirmation, needy for control. They are egotistical. Well, a subheading in my estimation, in my definition, a subheading of ego is pridefulness. And how I see that, and in myself, as a prideful man, I'm not really into commanding people And telling people what to do. And being respected. When I walk into the room, everybody notices me. When I speak, everybody listens. When I bless... That ain't really my bag. You know what I mean? But my pridefulness is basically... You can't tell me nothing. I don't want to listen to you. I'd rather not know you. I have... Awaken to the reality 
that we live in a world of cynicism motivated by self-interest. Generally speaking, nobody cares. So when somebody is talking to me, I can, pre, I can be pretty much guaranteed that they aren't listening to a fucking thing I'm saying. They generally speaking don't care. And it's all about them. And my personal sovereignty is important to me. I'm not interested in telling other people what to do. And I am definitely not being interested in being told what to do. You know what I mean? Pridefulness. Because really, it's not about me. It's about, it's about the other person. If someone has a need to come up and tell you something and talk at you in a certain way and be disrespectful, it's about them. It's not about me. It's about them. And sometimes it seems so personal. And sometimes it's like, wow, I'm standing still, doing nothing, minding my own business, doing my own work. Why do people feel a need to come talk? Why, does, why do people constantly need something from me? Oh, yeah. And I forgot to explain. I guess I must have went on a tangent. What I mean by how some people always need something from you. Here's how you spot a bedwetter. Here's how you spot a complete bedwetter. They are interested in you. You see that? They're interested in you. That runs counter to like the basic human law. People are living in a world of cynicism. We live in a world of cynicism motivated by self-interest. Nobody's interested in you. Nothing, anything, nothing, anything. <laughs> I have dyslexia this morning. Nothing anybody does is because of you. It's because of them. They're interested in themselves. And to an extent, that's a good thing. Private interest serves the general public, right? So to speak. But generally speaking, nobody's interested in you. And that's how you spot a bedwetter. What's your name? What do you do? What time do you start? Where, where do you work? How long does it take you to get to work? What, what, what do you do? What can you... All these questions create creating a profile on you. That way, when they need something from you, they can come and pester you. <laughs> Whereas a person who is accountable and self-reliant, they don't care what the other person does. Okay, cool, whatever. What, what, whatever you do doesn't matter to me because I am focused on myself. There's not going to be a point in the day when I'm going to come to you for anything. I don't need you. I don't need to know you and I don't want to know you. <laughs> what can you do for me? You can't do anything for me. What are you going to do? What can you do for me? Can you do my job for me? I know you don't want to, so what's the point of even asking you? Now, if let's say I wanted you to do my job for me. I would have to fight with you and convince you, manipulate you, and be at a complete battle to get you to do my job because I understand that nobody wants to do or take orders from other people. So I'm not going to go down that road with you. I know you don't give a fuck about taking orders from me. So I'm not going to waste my time giving you orders. I'm not in the position to give you orders. What can you do for me? I don't need to know anything about you. I'm focused on doing for myself. I want to do for myself. Anything that's coming for me is for me to do for myself. I'm not interested in you. I'm not going to create a profile on you. What time do you show up for work? What do you do? What's your job title? Where's your desk? Where's this? Where's that? What the fuck does it mean to me? I don't give a shit. Get out of my face. Go do something. Whatever. Go get a coffee. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. <laughs> fuck out of here. What do you want? What? Oh, sorry. Nice to meet you. Was that what I was supposed to say? Sorry. Nice to meet you. 
I'm a prideful man. And I have to change some of that because, you know, it ain't good for business. You know what I mean? Like, you got to network with people and work with people. And, you know, I got to come down off of that pride a little bit, I think. Because the thing about the human condition, that evil spirit, let's just call it evil, but... That just the evil nature of the human heart, why people don't get along and they're angry and argumentative and combative, you can't run from that. That's one thing I noticed. You can't run. You can't run far enough. You can't run fast enough. When you get on the run, you know, if you think you're going to, that's what I meant by how one hand washes the other one situation is much like the other. You quit one job because you can't deal with people and their crazy personalities. You get a new job. What do you know? It's the same fucking person, different face, different name. It's like a condition of the human spirit. There's a lot of angry, negative, evil people out there that they can't focus on themselves they, they need to step on others to feel important for themselves. They get a kick out of telling people what to do and micromanaging and just being a royal pain in the ass. You know? Like mental patients. There are people like that. Small people. You know? They just get a blast from, you know, bossing somebody around and making up stupid tasks and running their stupid mouth and getting in your business like I, I it's crazy to me that someone would even ask quite like the questions that some people ask to complete strangers are crazy have you ever had this you're in the job place you're meeting somebody oh yeah how you doing so uh where do you live oh yeah so uh wh- wh- how do you get to work you know, bus car drive you know you married how's your family they're just like asking all these fucking questions you're just like Building a profile. Bedwetter. Absolute fucking bedwetter. <laughs> but hey, the whole point of this is I'm making a commitment to treating my employer as my own business, growing my business, Noi Productions. That was the revelation for me this week. You know, I'm a bit of a prideful person in that I really resent my personal sovereignty being stepped on and trying to be taken away from me. But the truth of the matter is, it has nothing to do with me. It's about them. And if I was more focused on myself, that couldn't even be an issue, what people do or say. Whatever people do or say really is irrelevant. It's just that I am too caught up with it. I'm too invested in it. So I need a little bit of space. I need to create a little bit more space. I need to stop taking things so personally. And I need to focus more on myself. And love my neighbor as I love myself. Yeah. These are wisdoms that I believe in from my Christian faith, from some of the books that I've read, you know, The Four Agreements uh, by uh, Don Miguel Ruaz, you know, and you're just setting yourself, I'm setting myself up for failure to um, invest in that type of uh, nonsense. So that was just kind of eye-opening for me this week. And I think it's very important in business. You know? Yeah. So I'm just going to go forward. Um, Today's a new day. I got up, crack of dawn. (laughs) Charlie Chicken, you know, doing a podcast here. It's top of the morning. I went for a jog prior to this. So, you know, it's like 4, it's like 5.40 in the a.m. And I'm doing a podcast. I went for a jog 
all's well. I hope that you are well on your path, finding what you need to find. The revelations are coming to you the way they're coming to you. You know, I, I hope I hope you're feeling good about what's going on with you right now, folks. Because, you know, there ain't no time for tears. There ain't none. Right? And when you fall down and you fuck up, you just get back up and go at it. And that's kind of the basis behind some of the things I talked about today. Yesterday, I kind of shit the bed. I was feeling like a louse. I was feeling like a real heel. You know? Just a real heel. And, you know, I just... I, I had a real bad day of business. My ego, my pridefulness got away from me. And I realized, wow, I got to really focus on myself and take a look in the mirror because this is unacceptable. This is not who I want to be. This is not how I'm doing things with Noe Productions and JRP and just my general life. It's not how I'm doing things. I got to look in the mirror. So... I'm glad to be here with y'all, you know, as I mentioned, actor, stand-up comedian, extraordinaire, many things to come in that regard, I'm running out of time, you know, you're such a lovely audience, I'd love to take you home with me, I'd love to take you home, it was 48 years to gay, Dr. Pepper went and did the day, let me introduce to you, Dr. Pepper's Lonely Pepsi Band. You're such a lovely audience, folks. I'd love to take you home with me. I'd love to take you home. But, um, you know, I got to get to fucking work, you know? You don't eat, you don't work. Or rather, you don't work, you don't eat. Right? So, uh, I'm about to go do the due diligence. And um, I wish you all a very... I, well, I'm saying, I said it before and I'll say it again. All the best to you folks, all right? Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent April 14th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Yeah. Prideful persona, ego. You know, it's bullshit. Death. It's death in a career. Gotta check it. Pandemic lockdown. Uh, Ontario. Fuck them mother jammers. They those dummies don't know a damn thing. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, Jonathan-Ramtran.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting laughs, chuckles, gags, and falls, chortles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it. You love it. You realize it. I. Peace.